Welcome to the Financial Feast Podcast. I'm Kevin. And I'm Zach. And today we're going to be talking about marketing and its impact on your wallet. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Financial Feast Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about a interesting and helpful topic that really probably affects you significantly more than you're aware of. Yes. Today, we're going to be talking about marketing. And when we're talking about marketing, we're really talking about something that happens to you multiple, multiple, multiple times a day through all the different ads and uh, billboards and commercials and all these different things that you're seeing that are really just pushing you and pushing you and pushing you constantly to just spend the money that you've worked so hard for. So what we're going to do today is we have three different goals that we really want to kind of help you understand when we're talking about marketing. Our number one goal is to help you recognize the purpose of marketing and the different impacts it can have on your financial plan. And we're going to kind of kind of do that throughout the whole episode episode here. Our second goal is to help you understand a variety of common marketing tactics. And we're actually going to list a number of different ways that companies will address these these marketing ploys with you that you probably aren't even aware that they're doing it. And then number three is we're going to finally kind of end the podcast talking about how to win the marketing battle so that when you approach these different tactics that we're going to be talk about, you're not just consistently getting beaten but you're going to have some victories and you're not just going to be spending money that you don't need to be spending. Absolutely. And with that, we go right into some statistics about marketing. Over $1.4 trillion is spent on marketing in the U.S. alone every year. And roughly 75% of Americans make their spending decisions based on their emotions. Those two numbers could not be more correlated right there. And the average American sees over 100,000 ads every year, making us the most marketed to group of people in world history. If you really think back, there has never been a generation more marketed to than the generation that we are in now. And it's something that isn't really talked about. That's one of the reasons why we really want to do this podcast is to bring awareness to marketing and how you can win that battle. Did you know that colors matter in marketing? Red increases heart rate and grabs the consumer's attention. Blue and green are calmer colors and create a sense of reliability and relaxation. So if you notice, if you watch any of those healthcare ads that come up on TV, they're almost always in blue and green colors, always. You'll never see them in red colors. Marketers think every detail. They think down to the minute details of colors, what they're using, how they're formatting it, what the ad looks like. Everything is purposeful for a reason because they've done research behind the scenes and they know what's supposed to work and they know what's supposed to grab your attention and try and make you do something that you wouldn't normally do, but do it more impulsively. So what Kevin just did there is he already gave you one of the ways that you may not even be aware that companies are trying to sell you more money. And it's simply based on the color that they do in the ads. So continuing into that theme of marketing techniques, what we're going to do now is we're going to hit the second goal that we talked about, which is explaining some of these marketing tactics that these companies are using. And we actually have 12 different ones. And we're going to try to kind of hit it quickly. We're not going to go into a ton of detail on them because, frankly, a lot of them are self-explanatory. But we really wanted to list them out because you probably just... When you walk into a store, you're not really thinking about these. And we wanted you to be aware of them so that way you're a little bit more... Uh, cautious when you go into a store, understanding how they're going to get you to spend more money than you planned on. So 
We're going to kind of go back and forth like a little tennis match here. I'll do one and Kevin's going to do one and we'll just walk through these. So number one is the essential items in most stores are always located in the back. And that's because when you walk into the store, they want you to have to walk through everything to get to the things you actually need and then walk past all the non-essential items along the way. Right. And also they put high profit items displayed in the front of the store. So they're the first thing you see. This is something done so that they can make bigger profit margins and you will at least see the higher profit items regardless because they're the first thing you see. Number three, going along with what Kevin said earlier, is multi-sensory marketing. So this includes colors and music and different smells that make you spend more money depending on where you are in the store. So they'll have some brighter things. They'll have some things that smell good. They'll have some music playing that's calming or exciting that really kind of gets you in the mood to spend more money. Yes, this could be stores like Joanne Fabrics or Hobby Lobby or those kind of stores, especially. Barnes & Noble also does a really good job with this, Hmm. too, actually. Another thing they do is shopping carts are always located at an entrance to make it easy for you to put a lot of big and little things in your shopping cart. Number five, and we really just saw this in practicality as we just finished the holidays here, is a lot of stores, especially around we see Black Friday with Thanksgiving and we see these Christmas ads and these Christmas sales. So they have huge sales and events where they have all these different discounts and all these different special shopping events centered around the holidays. So you'll see mattresses for sale yeah. around uh, 4th of July or Memorial Day. And you'll you'll have, obviously, we just talked about the Black Friday events around those holidays. And just being aware that there's these centralized holiday events that these stores really try to push you spending more money because of the sales. Another thing that a lot of places try and do is try and get you signed up for the rewards program. So many different places have rewards programs. And that's just to encourage you to come shop at their specific store for items you might buy at other stores because you might be a member of their rewards program. And you also will get points and special coupons and other discounts, which is nice, but you might be spending more money there than you normally would because you feel like you're getting a discount. Oh, for sure. I I know for my life, that definitely plays a part. And I I certainly pay more money in in a lot of regards because of the consumer push on those those customer reward programs. Yes. So it's working. So good job. It does work. All right. Number seven. Impulse purchases are displayed at the checkout. So we all oh, know yes. that they always push the, the candy bars and the gums and the Tic Tacs and, and whatever else small things they have mm-hmm. right when you're walking through because, oh, what's another 75 cents or $1. fifty on something small? And then they get you to spend a little bit extra money. Yep. Another thing they do is they'll do specials. So like a buy one, get one, uh, half off or a different for a discount. You can do a buy one, get one free. And a lot of these are interesting because the psychology behind it is they will actually make more money doing this than they would have selling each item individually because more people buy it. And so it increases the volume of that item being sold and more people that'll buy it will buy it because they get that free item, but they normally wouldn't have purchased it in the first place. So they will actually make more money on a buy one, get one sale or buy one, get one half off sale than they would if they just sold the item at a normal price just because of the volume of it being sold. For sure. I know this happens in the grocery store, right? You yes. walk in the grocery store and you walk down an aisle and you see a bag of chips and it's buy one, get one half off. And one of the family members, I'm not going to name who it is, is always like, oh, let's get a bag of chips now. And yeah. we weren't originally planning on getting the bag of chips. Right, right. Number nine is payments that are just easier. 
right? So we've talked earlier a couple different times about credit cards and how beneficial credit cards can be, but we also need to be aware that credit cards can be a real detriment, especially when it comes to paying a lot more money every single month because it's a lot easier to just hit your credit card on a tap or, or a swipe instead of pulling out hard cash from your wallet or your purse and giving it to the cashier. And it doesn't really seem like you're spending as much money when you're just hitting that little plastic card. But the company knows and they understand that that's what you're thinking. Yeah. And it's a lot easier way to spend more money. Also, there's a big rise now in the buy now, pay later movement. So there's a company called Affirm out there that specializes in this, the buy now, pay later. It's the company itself is worth over $12 billion, but they will finance anything from a vacation to sunglasses over a set pay schedule. And they will charge interest, of course, and money over time. And you can buy literally anything on there and pay later. So this is big and just online, but you can also do this in a bunch of other uh, retail stores now are offering some different programs or they're partnering with people who have these programs where you can buy now and pay later. Of course, with this marketing technique, the idea is, is that you will buy things that you normally wouldn't because you know, oh, I'll just pay for it down the road, thus creating credit card debt and other debts that you may not have been planning for and making your own financial plan a lot worse looking. All right, so we have two more, and then we're going to get into how to win against the marketers. So we're, we're still going to list two more ways that these companies are kind of hitting you when it comes to these marketing tactics, and then we're going to get into how to win against the marketing, all right? But before we get there, number 11, retargeting. Now, a lot of you are aware of this happening in your life, but you may not know what it's what it actually is. What retargeting is, is simply you you were talking <laughs> yeah. to somebody about about I don't know soap yeah about soap <laughs> and all of a sudden now there's ads for soap popping up on Facebook or yeah. there's ads for soap popping up on on your phone right and you're like well how did that happen it's because they see you searching something or they hear you searching something and then they just start bombarding you, frankly, with the ads because they think that you're interested in it. And they're following you across all these different platforms on your social media and on your all your Google searching. So it's important to understand that all these things are interconnected and they will hit you at all these different angles with these ads. Yes. And even more important is what they're actually doing to go a little bit deeper is building a data profile on you. So they know your age, they know your marital status, your how many kids you have, uh, they know what you like, your hobbies, what you've searched. And as they build that profile, these companies will actually sell that profile to other companies that are paying for advertisers. So what they'll do is they will target, okay, male, 30s, uh, like sports. And so they'll send sports ads my way because they know I like sports and they, they're more likely to get me to purchase something with a hobby that I enjoy. And they know this, so they will pay decent money for these profiles that they're building. So this is a real thing out there. They do have uh, some ways to kind of opt out of it, but we'll probably talk about that on another episode. That brings us to number 12, which is influencers. And influencers are seemingly all the rage these days, especially in the last five years especially. I've noticed a really big increase in the Instagram influencer especially, but there's also YouTube influencers and many other different social media influencers, TikTok and such. 
But the idea behind influencers is a company will pay people that others respect or have a big following to advertise for their company. And these people, of course, love to do this. Whether they like the product, have the product or not, it's all a, a wide range of what actually is real because already social media generally isn't real. They're showing the highlights, right? So on top of that, they also have these people that are making a lot of money to advertise for these little products or other products that are out there, hoping that people purchase it. So it gives the influencers some kickback and it, of course, gives the money, the company, a lot of money as well. So what we did there, hopefully that was helpful. It wasn't too much information. We d- we kind of laid out 12 different ways that companies will market to you and the ways that they're doing that to have you spend a little bit more money. So what we want to do now is we want to get into our third goal of this podcast. And we're going to try to do this relatively quick. So just stick with us. We're going to list five different ways that now that we understand the tactics that these companies are, are coming at us with, how can we win against the marketing? Because we all have this problem where we seemingly spend more money than we always plan because the marketing works, right? Yeah. So we need to be aware of what the marketing is, what we just did. And now we need to know what ways that we can do to kind of help change it and kind of affect us in a positive way. So number one and number two, I'm going to go through them together because they they pretty much run together, is changing our perspective on how we approach things, right? So number one, stuff does not equal wealth. And number two, stuff does not equal happiness. A lot of this goes back to that mental approach that we talked about earlier a couple of weeks ago on a, on a previous podcast where we discussed the difference between the rich mindset yes. and we discussed the difference between the poor mindset. So if you haven't listened to that, that was very helpful in this regard. But it's important for us to understand that the accumulation of stuff will not make us both wealthy or happy. Now, can stuff bring happiness? Certainly. And can stuff equal wealth? Certainly, but that's not all the time. It's not what it generally means always, right? So we all know that couple who makes $150,000 and has a lot of stuff, Mm -hmm. but is struggling to pay their bills because they've poorly managed their things. And we also know those couples, and we may not know them in in real life, but we know of those couples who have a lot of stuff, but they're just depressed and they're not happy because stuff does not bring you wealth and stuff does not bring you happiness, right? It's understanding that that wealth is the accumulation of assets, not liabilities. And too often stuff is a liability. It's not an asset. So if you're a little confused with what I'm talking about, we also talked about that more in the poor mindset, rich mindset contrast episode. So go back and listen to that. But that's the first two. Stuff does not equal wealth and stuff does not equal happiness. And and helping yourself kind of get out of the mindset on approaching it like that will help you just naturally not want to buy as much. Yes. And that is a hard thing to do when America in general markets you to stuff does equal wealth and stuff does equal happiness. Because I have kids and I will see a kid ad where it shows a kid opening a giant toy box and absolutely looking incredibly excited and happy. And really all that ad is selling is not the toy, it's selling happiness, right? In the form of the toy. So what they're trying to do is sell you that that toy equals happiness. And the kids, of course, don't know any different. So they now believe that if they buy that toy, they'll be happy. And that's stuff that sticks in your brain. And as you get older, you still kind of have that mindset. So it is important to know stuff does not equal wealth and stuff does not equal happiness. The third thing And the third way to beat 
the marketers, so to speak, is be willing to start slow. So what do we mean by that? We mean, don't just try and come out of college in your 20s and try and live how your parents are living right now in their 50s. It took them time to get where they were at. For sure. And they have a nice house, maybe, or maybe they don't, whatever the case may be. But it took them time to accumulate what they have now. And you're not just going to get that instantly. That's not something that just happens. So over time, though, being able to willing to start slow and baby steps it up, maybe rent an apartment first, whatever the case may be. Right. But don't just go all the way in right away. Be willing to start slow because the marketers will take advantage of that. Right. They're going to market you that new BMW. They're going to market you the new cars and they're going to say the next one, which is don't fall for I deserve it. This is a big one. This is an absolute huge marketing thing. A lot of marketing ploys will even start with the words you deserve whatever, right? Do not fall for I deserve it. Those are things that that mentality of you deserve whatever the case may be is such an easy thing to fall in because you're like, I did work hard. I worked 40 hours a week. I worked some overtime this week. I deserve a treat, right? And we're not saying there's anything wrong with getting a treat, but this is something that in a mentality wise, if you're consistently doing this and this becomes a pattern where you are constantly saying, yeah, I deserve this. I deserve this. I deserve this. That's something that we're talking about right now. We're talking about that. We're not talking about the one off, right? We're talking about the person who now develops this into a thought pattern of I deserve, I deserve, I deserve. And before they know it, they are accumulating those liabilities once again. And before long, they're going to be in debt. And before long, they're going to be trying to get out of debt. And it's a pitfall that you can kind of easily see coming. And it happens so quickly. It does. It really does. With the I deserve it mentality, the biggest way to fight that is to have a budget, which we've talked about, right? Stick to that budget. Allow for occasional you know, purchases. Like in your budget, you should have some flexibility of just kind of a fun purchase, right? You, you can have that fun money and you have it budgeted in. Yeah, you can have a category that yeah. is fun Entertainment, money, whatever, whatever you want to call it. Do. Yeah. But don't be spending the money that needs to go to the bills and to your future to the I deserve it for shoes, right? Yeah. That's and, not a good thing. And don't put that fun money category so high that you're also not doing anything else. Right. Having that fun money category as 2%, 3% of your budget might be okay. Having that fun money category as 15% of your budget, while you may be able to afford it technically, probably not the best use of your money. All right, so what we did now is we went through four, I'm gonna list the five um, here quick, but I'm just gonna kind of reiterate them just so we're all on the same page. Number one was stuff does not equal wealth. Number two, stuff does not equal happiness. Number three, be willing to start slow. Know that your financial journey is a long journey and it's not going to happen on day one. And don't expect it to. Number four, don't fall for I deserve it. Every once in a while, it's fine to treat yourself, right? Have a day where you can you can pamper yourself and, and give yourself some nice things. But don't make that a habit where it cuts into your financial stability. And then number five is delay gratification. And understand that I don't need everything right now, right? And maybe, maybe I can't afford something, but possibly it won't affect my life in such a positive way as much as I think. So do I need that new sound system for my house? No. Can I afford the new sound system for my house? Sure. Do I need it though? No. So kind of reiterating 
four of the other points. And this one falls into maybe I just need to take a little bit and think about how my sound system currently works. And if it does the things that I need to do, and if it fits all my needs, then I probably don't need to upgrade it. And maybe I can use that money for something else that I would need. And I can use it toward a car payment, or I can use it toward retirement, or I can take my wife out on a on a much needed date night. And that would be a much better use of the finances that we we have in our budget. So Hopefully that was helpful. Hopefully that wasn't too much information. I know that was a little bit maybe longer than what some of our other podcasts have been, but we really think that this is such a big deal because of how many people are affected every single day. I forget the exact stats, but Kevin went in the beginning on listing those stats. $1.4 trillion is spent on marketing in the US every single year. We can just see that so many people are getting hit with ads all the time. And it's so important for us to be aware of how these people are attacking us with these different marketing tactics. And then just kind of be aware of different ways that we can, in the best of our ability, kind of manage our own finances well when we're getting hit with these tactics. These are things that we do find to be important. And really, half the battle is just knowing what's out there, right? This is almost part of what I would call the financial literacy curriculum in a way, where you don't know what you don't know. And the more you know, the more you're kind of armed and ready to fight whatever is out there. With that, though, we do have some food. We do. We always have this. So for those of you who are new, welcome. Hopefully you made it to this point in the podcast. What we do at the end of every podcast is we have a food topic. And we've been kind of on a roll now where you've been asking Kevin food questions. Yes. And I have a food question for you, Kevin. All right. I guess I have a two-parter food question. Do you like pound cake? That's that's question number one. It is okay. It is not my favorite, but I will eat it. Okay. I was, it's not my favorite. I would agree with that. So the question is about pound cake. Do you know why pound cake is called pound cake? Where did pound cake get its name? Uh, the only thing I can think of is it has to be like how it's made. They pound out the dough maybe, or it has to do something with like when they actually bake it, they're doing something with the ingredients. Okay. So you are, you are like right there. You're right on it, but a different approach. So rather than the, the action that they're doing to the cake, it's what goes into the cake. So the original recipe for the pound cake called for one pound of butter, one pound of eggs, and one pound of sugar. Interesting. So a pound cake was just made up of weight-wise pounds of the ingredients. So a pound of those three things, huh? Yeah, I don't know that that's the way that we do it anymore. I don't think but so. But that was the original way that they did it when it was originally made. And the name is just stuck. Yeah. That makes sense. That actually is very interesting. And with that, as always, we do appreciate our listeners. Like, subscribe, follow us on our social medias and our and you, wherever you get your podcasts. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Financial Feast Podcast. Mm-hmm.